Hey guys, you're listening to Soul Food. My name is Daniel and I'm the pastor for a church called Soul here at Alustar in Malaysia. Now, I'm a curious kind of guy and I love to learn new stuff. So, in this podcast, we will dive into conversations with different individuals that will help us with our views of certain habits and behaviors that take place in our culture. I believe the conversations on this podcast will help us to expand our perspective. This is Soul Food. Let's dive right in. We're back again on Soul Food and this episode is brought to you by friends and family at Soul. Um, we are back again with Esther. Hi, Esther. How are you? Hi, Esther. I'm good. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, Esther, working together with you in KL and uh, knowing your life, I've always been fascinated. You know, I really respect as well the things that you have done, but all of this cost, it costs something, you know. And today we, we want to talk about the area on sacrifices. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to our listeners out there, um, Esther, she's a first class honor graduate in engineering. You know, and I think the possibility to be in um, a secure company and to climb up the ladder, um, a dream home, dream vacation, all of that, I'm sure that might have crossed your mind before. So we, we, we want to talk about that process because um, if we look at it in another spectrum, it's like, oh, here you are getting married to a humble pastor, <laughs> starting from scratch all over again. So we want to really dig, you know, your brains and see what are the things that you really go through? Because I think a lot of people today and couples that we talk to, you know, or maybe individuals, they, they are really struggling between career and their future. And mm-hmm. future, of course, being with the, the love of their life. Yeah. And sometimes it's so easy for, you know, Caroline, I just tell them like, come on, just choose the relationship, you know. Uh, but at the same time, we also know that they study hard, um, parent, there's so many emotional attachment to it you know parents paid so much money for their education they send them to america come back now you're in malaysia and i think that one of the best person i know that has went through all of this and and really living a healthy lifestyle today is is really you so you know my wife and i we really look up to you in that area so yeah esther maybe you can start off with one of the things that someone asked babe all right so uh if you listen to our previous episode you will see you will hear esther and her husband pastor kevin uh they talk about being in ldr relationship esther Mm. was in sydney and studying engineering and pastor was in kl and just started a church so uh after they've been in long distance for five years right Esther? yeah five years and then they decided to get married and esther moved back to kl yes mm. my question is uh why did you guys choose to be in kl and was it hard for you to make that decision because you were in australia you know how the opportunity there you know you can PR. yeah you can get a pr you can aussie dollars yes and the weather right <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot here but there is so nice and then maybe you think that it's a better place to raise children safer and all yeah we just want to know how did you make that decision and mm. how hard it is um at that point of time, uh, of course, it was against all odds. So I graduated, right? Not only that, I was already a PR. Um, my siblings are all there. So technically, that is actually my home already. Mm-hmm. But uh, my fiancé back then, 
uh, with my husband now, right? So, so during my final year, we kind of got engaged, right? So I kind of started thinking about it. And the obvious choice was definitely me moving back. Well, the reason was he started a church. Uh, he has responsibilities. He's the leader. And it's his vision and his calling and everything. So for it to work out, it only makes sense that I sacrifice and go back. I can't be asking him to sacrifice the church and move to Sydney for me. Um, that would that that wouldn't work out. And for me, I was starting out in my career. I haven't got a job yet. Mm. So, so when I was young, it helps being younger. I was only 23 years old. Mm-hmm. For a 23-year-old to take the plunge and I give up everything, I probably it's easier than a 30 over year, uh, like a 33-year-old. Yeah. Because yeah, that's less at stake. So for me, I the biggest hurdle was my parents. Uh, my dad was against it, against me giving up my career. Um, oh, well, when I was moving back, the thought of giving up my career hasn't happened yet because that conversation only happened uh, when we were preparing for our marriage. Mm. So to move out from Sydney to come back to KL uh, was a big hurdle for me because I have no friends here in KL. I knew nobody. I never studied here. And my family was from Tawau. So it was from Tawau they went, that we went straight to Sydney. So my life was Sydney. So um, for the sake of the marriage, I gave up not thinking too much about it. I think because I was really young and I was in love and I believe in the marriage. Mm-hmm. So um, nothing to lose kind of a mindset. So uh, that is what my dad couldn't take. So we had many, many conversations um, to the point that uh, the day I got, the night before I got married, mm-hmm. I always tell this story to the people who ask me, how was it? My dad still had that final conversation with me. He didn't want to give up. He said, you know what, As the, tomorrow I know it's your wedding day. Tonight, you know what, we can still walk out from this. And uh, I know Papa, Mama will just take you back uh, and we just go back to our own life and you can go with your life. We will support you and whatever it is. Because after tomorrow, when you walk down the aisle and you get married, you are going to be Kevin's responsibility, not Papa's respons- responsibility anymore. Because you cannot be running back to me when you face the next problem. That was the shock of my life. Is that? Right. But yeah. So there and then, it's like the next day, right? We'll get married. Um, of course, you know, I made what choice. I'm, I chose my husband, right? Yeah. But I'll always remember that conversation all the way to today because uh, I know when my dad gave his hand away, gave my hand away, he's telling me that after this, I could grow up. I made this choice. I got to stick with it. I got to live with it. No matter how hard it is, I cannot run back to him and complain to him. So that was kind of the mindset how I started my marriage. Mm. Wow. Uh, So with that and everything that's happened, you know, and today, now you're married with Pastor, maybe we can rewind back to the earlier days, right? How do you cope with all the unnecessary what-ifs? I mean, I think every every human being will go through a what-if phase, you know. What if I did this? What if I did that? How do you cope with your what-ifs? So in the beginning of the marriage, because it was new, we were still figuring out and I was new to the city. I was new to the ministry. I was new to church. So the first few years took a lot of adjustment, learning, getting to know the environment. And halfway through, I got my kids. So I was busy with my firstborn, my boy, and all those sort of stuff. So all these what-if questions really never hit me. People always ask me, like, Hmm. uh, 
uh, Esther, why did you give up your career? Like, what if you, what if you could have done better? But those questions never bothered me. Not until probably eight or nine years after my marriage. Mm. It's like by then I'm already like what in my I'm 32, 33 years old. Mm. Um, yeah, those years leading towards hitting 35 years old were the most um, what would I say the hardest years of my life hmm. for, for me personally because that is when those what if questions really hit me yeah. that is really when those wow. consequences of the decisions I made really hit me and I really started asking myself what if I didn't give up my career hmm. that really could I I always ask my husband that question could I could we really have what we have today if I I'm still an engineer. I think we can, right? I mean, we could have more money. I could earn the money for you so you don't have to worry about it. I will take care of the home, but maybe I don't have much time for the kids, so we'll, I'll have the money to engage a helper. Don't worry. And what if? So I started to entertain those thoughts and that make it worse. So mm-hmm. I think until one day when I really voiced it out to my husband and told him, I think I'm very lost in my life. Mm-hmm. I think... That really shocked him because it's like, eh, all these years, okay, what? Like, like right? Uh-huh. We are so happy. We have built this. We, tra- we went everywhere. We got time together. I said, yeah, that's the happiest thing. But I don't know what I have achieved. And mm. I, I try to answer the question, what am I successful in? And I struggle with that question because it wasn't that I was comparing with my schoolmates because I know it's incomparable with They're already way ahead. Mm. I was comparing what happened to that high achiever Esther what did she achieve in the last eight years other than marriage and being a mom so so I got hit with those questions years later which probably makes it worse I guess when you're in the middle of it you're already in the process of like you know um, fighting it through everything then suddenly you get this hurdle right mm-hmm. so but I was glad my husband journeyed with me he, he didn't say um, he didn't give me solutions. He just supported me in my search and like wondering, getting over all the what ifs. And, and it, it took me probably four or five years. I tried all sorts of different things. I tried to think about different things. I tried to venture into different things. I tried, tried to go traveling. I tried to go solo trip for soul searching, <laughs> all sorts. But I, I couldn't find the answer until one day, I think I... I, I kind of thought I I really maybe have to ask myself some really genuine questions uh, on why am I going through this? Why am I thinking like that? Is it because yeah. I regret my condition? Mm-hmm. Was it because I regret that 23 years old, moved back and gave up everything? I have to be very honest with myself. Well, only there and then I dealt with all, I dealt with all those issues. Wow. So it was a delayed uh, response for me. What, what triggered you to, what triggered it? And after eight years later, like what, what was the trigger? I think it's probably growing older and my changing nature of being a woman and also different season in my life. Hmm. Um, so it's really a season that I, I, I started thinking, actually the last probably eight over years, I've always done everything for everybody else. I did it for my husband. I did it for my kid. I did it for the church. I did it for the people. What about me? Huh? That was when I that was when I really questioned what 
does Esther want? And I struggled when I couldn't answer because I said, what can I want now, right? I'm already stuck in this situation. I'm, I'm here. I'm a pastor's wife. I'm married. I'm a mom. I still have growing up kids. I can't just chuck them away. Mm-hmm. So then what, who am I? And what can I do? And some, some of my older mom friends actually has shared their experience with me. That is why a lot of moms actually when their kids become a teenager, they actually reinvent themselves because it's part of their soul searching. It's part of their changing nature. Mm. It's part of finding a new identity. So I believe that was my season of trying to figure out what's next for me. For once to really do something that I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what would you say to um, let's say now uh, there is an 18 years old or 20 years old girl somewhere who fall in love with someone. They are young and they are in love, and mm. they um, they might be facing similar things like you right now. You know, yeah. uh, opportunity with uh, career and everything, and then choosing life over uh, career or or otherwise. Otherwise, now you've been through that and you've been through the 30 over hurdles that time and you, yeah. you, you overcome it and then now you are who you are right now what would you tell this 20 years old girl would you tell them to oh think first you know think about <laughs> think about your career think about are yeah. you going to regret it after 10 uh, years from now or are you going to hey, go for go it for man it. yeah so what would you what would be what would be your advice yeah I would say go for it because okay. um To get into a place where you think too much of all the what ifs, you really would not end up doing anything. You would not dare to take any jump, any plunge, any risk. Mm-hmm. And the way you find a partner will be the same if you overthink. Like they have to meet this, 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 this. You're not going to find anybody, and you don't want to get to a place where it's too late. You are already older, and you're so particular. You're not open anymore. Yeah. So you must enjoy the process. Being a 18 year old, 20 year old, that's the best time. Like take risks. Like like yeah. do what your heart tells you because you when your heart tells you, you're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about. Don't let my story kind of like drag you down because these are part and parcel of life. Mm. You will go through all these things, but isn't it great when you have that someone going through that with you? Yeah. We all go through change, right? It doesn't mean that I cannot change after I make those decisions. I cannot grow as a person. Mm. We will all grow as a person. And when we grow, we will have different needs. We will want more things or different things. And that is where you strive again. You figure it out. Mm. You work it out and you grow. And then you take the next level And you go through it again. Would it be the same advice to those who are already in their 30s and they are single now? And yeah. yeah. Would it be the same advice? Or same be- advice. To lower your expectation. Doesn't mean you lower your value. Uh-huh. But I think being a 30-year-old, I understand where you are at. Uh-huh. Things get very particular. Uh, cleanliness, uh-huh. habits, yeah. um, financial status, all those kind of things. It's not going to help you. And being a 30-year-old, you are also very confident in who you are. You can carve a future out for yourself. But mm-hmm. when you allow someone to enter your life, that is when you need to accept them for who they are. If they are a great guy and they are striving, hardworking, mm-hmm. why not? Like, mm-hmm. And he loves you when you love him. Yeah, take the plunge. Wow. Yeah. Um, recently, there is this new show. I don't know if it's new. On Netflix called Sex Life. Have you heard about it? <laughs> yes, I heard about it. Yeah. Um. So have you watched it yet? No, not yet. 
So it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, of course, at the same time, it's trying to bring the reality of this lady, you know, who she is trying to. Sorry, a spoiler alert to our listeners out there. Um, but basically, the whole show is about her, you know, having these what ifs and regrets. If let's say she was with this other guy, but she's married today with two beautiful kids, and there was a part of the movie that really struck a chord, you know, and and really got me thinking. Um, about really people out there, you know, who are struggling with this. So she said, you know, I if it's a hundred percent, right? She said, I really love my husband eighty five percent. I love what he's doing. He's providing for my family and everything. But there's that small fifteen percent that I'm still thinking about this other guy. You know, what if the and of course it's called sex life, so it's a lot of sexual nature to it. You know, so yeah. she's thinking like, what if I was with this guy? I would be satisfied sexually, you know, and and going through all of that. Now coming back to the what ifs and the season of soul searching. Are there certain things that both male and female have to be careful? Because I, th- I feel there's like a danger towards this what if period, because if you're not careful, then like this movie, I hope it's not a, a story of someone's real life. She actually kind of went for this 15% because she, she kind of forgot this 85%. Now, I, I, I don't think this, this percentage scale kind of thing is the most accurate way to, to measure a relationship. Of course yeah. not. But I know a lot of people are struggling with this what if. So now in the relationship kind of spectrum, what are some of the things that we have to be aware so that we don't fall into a rabbit hole or somewhere that is dangerous? I think there will always be what ifs. But if the what if is only about you, then you are, you're going to close your world a lot more. For my what-ifs, it involves my whole family. Any decision that I make because of my what-if, it is going to affect uh, my kid's life. It's going to affect my husband's life. So that's why everything comes into play. So that's why it took me a longer time. It was, if it was just me, it would have been very easy, right? I don't mm. have to figure out. Um, it would have been way easier. But now because... There's my family involved. There's my loved ones involved. There's my community involved, right? Maybe. So how do I pivot this? What if? I think don't rush through it and take the time. And take the time to figure out your life and experience different things. uh, Talk to different people. Uh, I didn't rush through it. Uh, You know, one of those things that I considered going into was fashion design. Mm. I actually went to talk to a friend called Andrea. And we had to chat about it. Uh-huh. And of course, I didn't, I didn't end up going into it. But it, it's part of my, my journey. So in the what-if seasons, you have to take the time to grow. You have to take the time to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And, and, but you don't get stuck at regrets. The most dangerous part is you're in mm-hmm. that what-if moment, right? But mm-hmm. you choose to stay in the regrets like, oh, it would have been better if I didn't make that decision. Oh, I would have been in this place if I had made that de- decision. Mm-hmm. But rather, get into a place where you think I can make a change. So what is that change I need to make? I need to figure it out. And I don't have to stay in this position forever. So that is how you need to get yourself out of those stuck situations. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, they they just ponder on the what is. Yeah, ponder. Okay, the big first few years I was like that. That's why I was even I was just circling round and round. I just ponder in the what ifs. Uh-huh. I was just thinking, well, what can I change for my life, right? Mm-hmm. Well, how can I change it, right? I'm already in this situation. Live with it, lah. And I think that was the years I wasted 
just pondering in the regrets. Mm. So, I, yeah. so now today, what could you have done better to shorten that five years? I mean, mm-hmm. we understand to take the time, you know, I... I mean, my wife and I, we talk about it, you know, even in our journey right now, pioneering a church and, mm-hmm. and going through all of this. I mean, Esther, there are times where, you know, both of us, you know, we will have like, oh man, what if, <laughs> you know, yeah. what ifs. And, yeah. and we recognize that uh, it's, it's, not, it's not a sin to have these what ifs, but yeah. really how to deal with it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so, yeah, what I'm trying to say is, is there a way like, you know, c- could we shorten the process? If you could shorten the process, what would, what would it be or what would be the healthier way to go about it? Um, I think for me, probably to firstly overcome my fears. I mm. think I had those fears of I've lost my capability. Wow. And I've wasted those years not building a career, for example, or learning new expertise or learning new skills that I stayed stuck and I, I'm not capable now. Who would want me? That was my number one fear. And I was stuck in it for the longest time. Number two was opinions of others. I was afraid what people would say, what people would think. Like, what would they think if they know this is what I'm going through right now? Or like, if I ever want to change my trajectory of my life, what would my friends think? That was my second stumbling block. Mm. Thirdly, uh, thirdly was uh, the environment that I was in. When you're in an environment that, Nobody does rustic things or everybody's status quo and just live life as it is. Don't rock the boat. You also wouldn't dare to rock the boat. boat. Yeah. Until you try a different environment and you see actually, it's actually possible. So these were the three things that, that uh, got me really stuck for a few years. Mm. You were saying just now when you go through that, uh, five years of soul searching, right? Pastor was really supportive, uh, supportive to you. Yeah. So can you be more elaborate? Like, um, I, I, um, as a, I'm a 32, uh, 32 years old now. Honestly, I also going through a little bit of soul searching. <laughs> yeah. So now our conversation is, hey, hey, what, what about huh, that time, right? You wait for a, a little bit more and work in the in the radio company, right? Maybe we are at a better place now, right? Stop like, telling me this, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have that kind of conversation. Yeah. So, and, and sometimes when is the, you know, that time of the month when I feel low and all is actually can be a little bit more dramatic, you know, inside yeah. my yeah. my brain and my heart. <laughs> so sometimes when I talk to him, right, hmm. the way he he communicate back to me, the way he encouraged me, looks a little bit impatient. You know, mm. like, so I, I want to ask you, can you be more uh, elaborate, uh, elaborate a bit more? How can your, your, uh, your partner support, yeah, mm. help you to go through this um, process? Yeah, I think when I first shared with my husband, right, um, he probably didn't, he, I think he was shocked, but he was very supportive. And he, I'm sure he didn't know what to do mm-hmm. because what else can you advise me, right? Mm. So I also didn't expect that advice from him. I just needed him to give me the time to figure it out and mm. that he know I am lost. <laughs> so, but one of the things that I always say to him, uh, like you, Caroline, how you say the DK, for him, I, 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 for me, I always said, 
I've achieved nothing. <laughs> I achieved nothing. All I know now is about people and about, about teams and uh, about uh, discipleship and all these things. I, I don't have other hard skills like the, my friends out there, for example. Like I've, I've spent years doing the same thing and where I am right now, I'm so lost. Who am I? Whatever, right? He said something to me. He said, the last 10 years that you have spent doing those things, it cannot be wasted. It cannot be wasted, those experience, those life experience, those skills, those soft skills, right? I'm sure it can be put to good use. So he said that. And and of course, at that point, I, I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, <laughs> whatever, right? So but now I actually see it. Mm. Actually, maybe whatever he said back then, that was probably the trigger for me to really go and think through. So what have I done with my life? That is when I realized I asked myself the question, so what did I invest most in my life? The number one obvious thing is marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Since 23 years old until now, it has to be my relationship and my marriage. So my next question to ask myself was, so what can I do about it? Mm -hmm. So that is how it led me to do what I'm doing right now, helping people with relationships. Mm -hmm. It got triggered from that moment. To mm. think about what I invested most in my life. Maybe that is something that I'm really good at and something that I could help others with. Wow. Yeah. So that slowly was the process of discovering myself. And that's how I got clarity and purpose in my life again. Yeah. Mm. I, I think be right, patient, babe. Like, See? like this season. I have to be patient. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I mean, we can be very candid right now, you know, but yeah. when, when it's. Because I'm also processing my thoughts you know there are yeah. a lot of things that are going in me and and i guess uh, i mean doing the enneagram i'm, I'm a type seven I, I want to always find something positive let's go yeah. you know let's yeah. not stop here we gotta move ahead you know and, yeah. and and at the same time i i feel stressed out i feel so lost unable to help my wife you know when she asked me these questions and and she would trigger me she's like ah oh, dan if only you stayed in radio a little longer <laughs> If only you would, we would do this a little longer, right? Things would be a bit different. And yeah, sometimes I would get frustrated. You know, I have to admit, I'm like, babe, why do you say all these things? Yeah, you yeah. Know, stop being the devil. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but yeah, so that's why, you know, when we were crafting this conversation, you know, together, we, we also had our own fair share. We were asked, like, you know, why, why are we going through this? You know, why? Why are all this what is necessary? And for us, of course, this season of our life, one of the things that we know as a pioneer, you know, to do this for church, uh, our finances, of course, it will definitely take a hit. And so, yeah. you know, um, the way we have to protect ourselves is the things that we view, the things that we see out there, you know, and because I tell you, the triggers can come at any time, you know, especially when you're just working and yeah. you get tired and all. So, yeah, I mean, I remember there was a period of your, your life, you, you were off social media. Yes. Did it, did it have to do anything with, with this soul-searching period as well? Yeah, um, I couldn't, yeah. Um, I've, I've, I felt very manipulated by what I see on the social media. It affected me. So I made a conscious choice to not be on it. Of course, now I regret it because if I had gone on it, Earlier, I would have more followers. <laughs> but any, anyway, but I appreciate those years that I wasn't on it. It it really helped build me from within, and mm -hmm. I wasn't affected by by what I saw, what people say, or whatever. I just tried to live, rebuild my own life. 
Mm, yeah. I see. If if there is one thing, you know, you could go back in time to help your process, you know, maybe make it healthier, what would be that one thing you would do? Um, def- uh, it would probably be more open about talking it with different people. Mm-hmm. I-, I didn't really talk about this until probably this year, actually. Actually, nobody knew. Only my husband knew all this while. Mm-hmm. Probably closest um, staff members probably know mm-hmm. because they have, they have seen the worst of me. But otherwise, no, I, I never talked to anybody. And, and, and I think that's why I, I chose to use my social media right now to really share a lot of relationship stories because I think a lot of people go through it. It's normal. It's totally normal to have all the what-ifs. Yeah. Whatever age you are, the younger you are, your what-ifs is for you to decide certain things, right? But when you're in the middle age, the what-ifs are harder because you have made decisions that you have to live with the consequences. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's why I want to share it more openly to help people digest it and know that they're not alone in it. Mm-hmm. And there are actually many things that you can do internally first, like mm-hmm. overcoming your fears. Probably that's the biggest struggle. Wow, that's so good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, what, what you say is, is really true because, you know, when we witness you start starting your uh, platform called Heart Crafters, you know, yeah. um, my wife and I, we are like, man, this is what, this is so good. This is Esther, you know, and it's so good to see you being able to use this platform to really um, share and also help all these couples out there. Yeah. So to our, all our listeners, you know, I urge you, I think to be successful in life, you got to have successful relationships, you yeah. know, and don't come with the mentality where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck with this woman. Oh my gosh, I'm stuck with this man, you know, and you, per- you go down to this perpetual unhealthy what ifs and you're just going to destroy your marriage or your future relationships. So um, if there's anything, I'm sure Esther would love to connect with you. You can connect with her on her IG at Esther Shaniku and check out her platform called Heart Crafters, really dedicated for relationship, uh, really dedicated for couples out there who are in uh, relationships. And I think whether you're long distance, short distance in the same vicinity, you know, married for uh, a few years or married for many, many years, I believe that this will really add value to your life. Once again, Esther, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you being open, candid and raw and honest as well. Thank you for having me. Esther, take care. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Soul Food is part of a community and we believe that connections matter. Follow us on our Instagram at Soul Malaysia or mine at Daniel Quillen and we would love to connect with you. Send us a DM if you've got any questions. Thank you for listening and do share this podcast with your friends.